0: It's time for the Plan With Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's plan with Dan. Welcome to another edition of the Plan With Dan podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area. Excited for our topic today because we're gonna talk about some common money mistakes Uh, these are going to be some really important items to make sure that you're not making these mistakes because they can have some really detrimental impacts on your financial plan and i think that's really before we even get into the specifics of these dan that's the thing to underscore is sometimes even the smallest most common mistakes can have a big impact and that's why we got to make sure we address these things
1: you know, that is so true, Walter, and I'm really looking forward to having this discussion today.
0: Should be a lot of fun, so let's jump right in, and we'll get, great. We'll get the annoying one out of the way first. How about that? We'll get, okay, that sounds great. We'll get the conversation about taxes over with early. That's a common money mistake when people ignore the future tax implications of their retirement savings. How often do you see that since we're calling these common money mistakes? Is that something that's happening on a weekly basis when people come into your office for the first time?
1: You know, Walter, that is so true. And it's really not their fault. I mean, I think the entire industry, that which I'm a part of, we've told people for years and years, you know, hey, defer your taxes, defer your taxes, defer your taxes. And people have done that. But as they get closer to retirement, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, all of my money uh, is now taxable. And so when they retire and they go to pull the money out, uh, they suddenly find themselves uh, having to deal with this you know ticking tax time bomb mm-hmm. that, that we've created together
0: yeah, that's very true. And and when you create this taking tax time bomb, you're kind of left with this feeling, of, all right, what do, what do I do with this thing? And a lot of people, I think, just sort of stick their head in the sand and don't want to think about it. But that that's the wrong choice.
1: No, that definitely is. And so, you know, if you're interested in learning more about it, I actually co-authored a little booklet you can download from my website, It's Secrets to a Tax-Free Retirement. And it, it tries to help people walk through this issue, uh, you know, step by step and some things they can do to eliminate or to, at least to mitigate, you know, this tax liability that. That's unfortunately something we're all going to have to deal with.
0: Yeah, that's important. All right. So that's the uh, one common money mistake to keep your eye on future tax implications and ignoring those. Starting Social Security too early, we would have to throw into the list as well. A lot of people make mistakes when it comes to their Social Security, but the most common one is you know you get to 62, you want those extra funds, and so you you turn on that stream.
1: Yeah, you know, and the problem with this particular uh, issue, social security issue, is that you know it has to be looked at in your individual basis. I mean, if if you're a family and that additional income is going to really enhance the quality of your life, then maybe you do want to turn it on early. But for a lot of people, they might be much better served to wait until you know until you reach your full retirement age, you know, uh, your, your FRA as they call it. And a lot of people don't realize that if you take your social security early, it's also going to impact your spousal social security benefit. Um, and then even to tie it back to the first question, you know, about what's going on with social security and taxes a couple years ago, you know, Congress uh, promised they wouldn't mess with our social security and they didn't. However, they did make a portion of your social security taxable in a lot of situations. So in a sense, they, they really did mess with your social security. But it's a big issue that needs some attention and some time.
0: I guess we have to be careful with social Security, Dan, because sometimes we try to downplay Social Security and talk so much about how, well, you can't rely on Social Security to be your your source of income in retirement, and that's not going to be enough for you. But we also can't downplay it too much because it's still going to play a role. It's still going to be a part of the overall plan.
1: Absolutely. And for a lot of people that no longer have pensions, you know, it's the foundational part they can rely on every month. And so it it certainly plays a pivotal role. And you owe it to yourself to take some time as you reach retirement to sit down with someone who truly understands all the social security benefits and options and can walk you through that. It's really important.
0: We're talking about the common money mistakes that we often see, social security, tax implications being ignored, certainly two things on the list. This is a a very common one as well, Dan, and that would be focusing on returns instead of focusing on income, worrying about the percentage of your return, I guess, instead of the dollars that are actually going into your pocket.
1: You know, that is such a great question. I'm so glad you asked because, you know, there's basically two phases of wealth accumulation. You know, when you're working, you're trying to accumulate wealth and your portfolio returns important. Volatility may not be as important, but as you reach that retirement age, the rules change. And so the actual return is not as important as the volatility. And I I actually have a story I tell all my clients. You know, there's two brothers that retire on the same day. You know, one's name's Hans, one name's Franz. They both have a million dollars and they're both taking out $50,000 a year. Now, brother one, you know, Hans, he has an 8% rate of return and brother Franz has a 6% rate of return. Which portfolio do you want? What would you say, Robert? What would you say, Walter? Which do you want?
0: The 8%, right?
1: Of course, you would think that. But of course, the 8% has more volatility, more up and down. And as you're pulling your money out, at the end of 10 years, Hans, who's getting 8%, he has 908000 but Franz, who's only getting 6%, but not mm-hmm. as much volatility, he has $1.244 million.
0: Wow. A little bit counterintuitive, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It does. So basically, if I'm focusing on, on the returns, I guess that's kind of like the old example of if you have $100 and then you, the market loses 50% and then the next year gains 50%, you think you're back to $100. You've lost no money. You've had a zero return. But in reality, if you've lost fifty percent and you only gain fifty percent back, you're only at seventy-five dollars. You're not at a hundred dollars, so you've actually lost twenty-five percent of your money. But you know that, that's that's how the numbers, I guess, can start playing with your head a little bit.
1: That is so correct because uh, it seems counterintuitive, but it's actually even compounded when you're taking money out of the portfolio to live on it. Then those down years really, really can really um, impact your portfolio. That's why controlling Risk, controlling volatility is actually more important than your actual return.
0: That actually brings up a a good point. We often talk about, you know, compound interest being one of the, you know, the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, It it was coined as one time. We know the power of compound interest in the positive, but there are ways that compound interest can work against us negatively, right? Absolutely. yeah, yeah absolutely. And I
1: think it's incumbent on all of us, especially as we reach retirement, to really be able to focus on controlling risk and volatility and not focusing on returns anymore. Mm.
0: All right. Well, let me piggyback off of that then. You said controlling risk. That makes me think of another common money mistake. And that's when we see people being way too aggressive with their investments. Or I guess the other end of the spectrum, it could still be a mistake to be too conservative as well. You, you don't want to be really at either end of that spectrum.
1: I think that's really true. Uh, you know, you have to take the time up front to make sure that your portfolio reflects, you know, your true risk tolerance, your true time horizon, and your true financial goals. And don't let yourself be influenced, you know, by current, you know, economic or geopolitical issues that might be out there that might be impacting the market. Because you you have to look long term. And I meet with people all the time, you know, that have been way too conservative, and uh, now they're getting close to retirement. And they really haven't been able to create the amount of, say, of wealth that they want or they're going to need. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have people you know, that have been so aggressive with their portfolio, taking so many risks, and they've changed their investment portfolio so many times that they've robbed themselves of the true power you know, of just participating in the market long term with a financial uh, risk tolerance that you can manage through all types of financial conditions. It's really important to take the time up front and to get really clear about what is best for you.
0: Definitely something to remember. We also, Dan, need to make sure that we're paying attention to where we're getting our information from, particularly when it comes to friends and family, because we take advice from friends and family on how to invest, just like we take advice from friends and family on how to live the rest of our lives. Well, that seems like, again, kind of a natural evolution, but it can be a common money mistake to take that financial advice from those closest to you like that.
1: Yeah, um, that's a really common conversation I have in my office, you know, come into the office and trying to compare your unique situation with someone else's unique situation. It's kind of like me, if I'm taking a walk, and I run into somebody, and they're talking to me about the medicine their doctor has prescribed for them. I mean, it's that medicine has been prescribed specifically for them and for their unique situation. And I think all of us would agree, hey, it doesn't make any sense for my friend just to give me a couple of his or her pills to take, because it has to be thought through and applied to my specific situation. So it's great to talk to friends, great to get ideas. Uh, It's great to, you know, have a good time talking about what they're doing. But the bottom line, you need to make sure that it applies to you and your unique situation.
0: Yeah, customization is something that we talk about often here on the Plan with Dan podcast. (laughs) No doubt about it. Uh, Not recognizing how expenses are going to change in retirement is a common money mistake. And a lot of people think that those expenses are just going to be automatically less in retirement, but we're finding out more and more these days that that's not the case.
1: You know, I love having conversations with people as they're preparing for retirement, you know, and I ask, what percentage do you think of your current income that you're going to need? Most people say 75, 80%. But as you said Walter, the research shows us really clearly, uh, Dan Ariely in a great book he wrote on behavioral finance, actually most Americans are spending close to 120 to 125% of their pre-retirement income in retirement. And, you know, and why is that? Well, you know, things you put off your whole life. You want to travel. I have a I've I've great clients who just purchased a Winnebago and I'm enjoying getting their pictures as they're traveling across the country. Well, that's expensive. Uh, so you really need to think really, really systematically and clearly about what type of retirement that you wanna have. And it may very well be that you're gonna actually spend, at least initially, for the first several years, more money than you did while you were actually working.
0: Wow, that's cool. It's great hearing stories like that about people who are fulfilling those retirement dreams that they've maybe had for years and years and years, like getting out on the road, the old Winnebago dream. You know, when I was growing up, Dan, I used to get made fun of, because my dream car growing up was an RV. And uh, (laughs) I love that. the, The other kids always made fun of me, but I was like, it's a house on wheels that you can drive around the country and see cool things. Why wouldn't that be your dream car?
1: (laughs) You know, know, and traveling or, you know, I have clients that just, uh, they're they're spending um, the entire summer, they rented a, a, you know, beautiful condo out by their children and grandchildren because they want to spend the, you know, entire summer with their children and grandchildren. It's just fantastic. Now, that's not cheap, but it's wonderful they get
0: to do that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I guess, you know, we were talking about how taking advice from friends and family can be a common money mistake. And so you're like, all right, well, I'll turn to the Internet because I have just a wealth of information at my fingertips. I've got Google. I've got all sorts of news websites. I can listen to radio shows, podcasts like we're doing, uh, TV shows, all the like. But that can lead to paralysis by analysis from um, information overload, where I guess the consequences of that of are what? You're not able to make decisions? You're just too overloaded?
1: Yeah, that's I think that's really really common, and not just in the financial planning world, but actually everywhere. I mean, I've had some conversations with my doctor about things I've read, you know, about you know controlling your cholesterol and controlling your blood pressure, and and she's pretty funny. She says to me, you know, like, well, when you get that license to practice uh, medicine, why don't you come back and talk to me? Uh, (laughs) So I think think it's really interesting because, I mean, I had a a couple stitches, and I was looking online about how easy it would be just to remove them myself, and I was telling her I was thinking about doing that, and she just like looked at me like, you know are you crazy oh my gosh. um and and i and i think wow it's you know i can understand people wanted to do that you know in my profession as well because it just seems you know if you're curious and and there's so much online but but there's a difference between knowledge and then wisdom you know and wisdom is like being able mm-hmm. to take that knowledge and apply it you know directly into your into your own life and it's all about creating peace of mind and i just think you have to get really really clear about your objectives and your goals and uh yeah, so I'm all for like looking online, and educating yourself, but when it comes to actually um, putting together a plan that's going to take you and your family to reach your financial goals, I just don't think the internet's going to be able
0: to cut it. I, I have to jump in here with a story, Dan. And when you talk about yeah. the you know medicine and the doctor, and then you wanting to remove stitches on your own that kind of thing, <laughs> I, I, when I had uh, when I had knee surgery, you know, it, it's it's been a you know many many months now. But when I had knee surgery, I guess about uh, you know a year and a half ago. They put in, I guess it's called a pain ball, where instead of you taking as much, you know, uh, narcotics, there's, you know, a thing uh-huh. that basically makes your leg dead completely. They they tap into the nerve, and then you just have a ball of medicine that slowly drips into the nerve to, to keep your leg numb so that you don't feel the pain. And then eventually that ball, just over the course of a couple of days, you know, just empties out. And then once it's empty, they were like, yeah, then you'll just pull the thing out of your leg. And there's a good, like, six inches of something that's the equivalent of fishing line inserted into the inside of my leg down all the way into, you know, a nerve, basically, to, you know, I I don't know if this is medically correct, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's, basically, there's six inches of fishing line stuck in my leg, and they're just like, yeah, and then you just pull it out. I'm like which direction just straight up do i pull you know up toward the body you know down toward the feet like what's the proper way to do this and oh man it was the weirdest feeling in the world getting that thing out of there i was like this just does not seem like something i should be doing at home there needs to be an expert but
1: wow luckily my wife's Uh, a nurse so she was the expert Oh, oh, (laughs) of course yeah wow thank goodness
0: (laughs) but if she hadn't been a nurse i was like i'm just trying to picture two people that have no medical knowledge like uh, just yank on it pull the thing out of your leg (laughs) Stuff like that always uh, wow Wow, wow, wow. makes me laugh a little bit. But uh, yeah, paralysis by analysis uh, definitely something that's more and more common these days. We're talking about these common money mistakes, and I think there's two more at least for now worth mentioning, Dan and impatience is something that we've got to mention and if you're impatient with your investments it's going to lead to trouble but but why put that into you know terms we can understand why is patience a virtue specifically when it comes to money and retirement
1: yeah so you know the the bar institute publishes uh, every few years uh, some fascinating research and they say the average american changes their investment philosophy every three and a half years I mean, three and a half years is not even all the way through an investment cycle. So I tell clients, you know you really need to understand the what we call, it's kind of a technical term, but I'll explain like the upper and lower confidence levels of your specific portfolio. It's kind of like, you know, when you're riding an airplane and you look out and you see the wings and the wings are fluctuating up and down a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah. They, have, mm-hmm. they have to have that give and take. And that's kind of like the upper and lower confidence level of the wing, you know, to, so it can fly. Same thing if you go to the top. You've been to the top of a very tall building in New York or Chicago. You can feel its sway, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing with a portfolio you know we designed a portfolio so that we know and that in any given economic you know cycle which can be 7 to 10 years that there's going to be this flux the the building is going to sway your portfolio is going to have upper and lower uh, volatility in it just like the wings of the airplane and if you know that and you know up front what's your upper and lower confidence levels what you can expect them to be then i really think that when you experience that you're able to be calm and say well this is exactly how it was designed. It has to have some flux in it, just like the wings of the airplane. So um, you have to be patient, but I think it's not necessarily the client's fault. Often no one's explained that to them. Yeah. And once they understand that, it really goes a long way to making you feel comfortable and able to take the long-term approach to get you where you want to go.
0: Well, I think the example of the plane is uh, is certainly a good one. I can really visualize that. All right, one more common money mistake, Dan. Having an undisciplined investing approach and undefined goals for your financial future. So, let's end on a positive way to frame that question, I guess. And rather than talking about being undisciplined and undefined goals, how do we define our goals, and how do we make sure we are taking the disciplined approach?
1: Yeah, you know, when I when I'm asked this question, I think about uh, when I go shopping versus when my wife goes shopping. So, about six months ago, we moved. Uh, to Gahanna, to, to a condo, and we absolutely love it. And one of the things we love is we can walk to all the different kinds of stores. There's a really cool a farmer's market right across the street. And I know that when I go over there, I just go over there, especially if I'm hungry. I kind of walk down the aisles, and I see what looks really good or what looks on sale, if I need it or want it or not. And I put it in the cart. And I get home, and I don't really know what to do with any of it. Now, when I go with my wife, you know, she's very disciplined. She knows what she wants to cook. She has recipes on her phone. And we go up and down the aisles and we pick those exact things that we're going to need <laughs> in order to create the meals that we want. And I just think it's pretty much like like investing. Sometimes clients, you know, they've gone through 20, 25 years, this advisor, that advisor. They read this cool article and they just have a hodgepodge of stuff, you know, in their financial shopping cart. And they really haven't done it you know, with clear defined goals for what they want to create at the end. And uh, so it's sometimes just really useful to sit down with somebody and help you put all that in order. Maybe reallocate some things, maybe move some funds around and to make sure that you're going to put in your financial shopping cart what you need to create that, you know, retirement meal that you and your family want.
0: Well, you're listening to the podcast today, and some of you have already been in to probably meet with Dan Betzel and might even be current clients. Uh, Some of you might uh, have just met him for the first time recently, or maybe you've just stumbled across the podcast, And, and that's fine. We're glad that you're all here. For those who haven't gone through your planning process, Dan, tell us a little bit about what it looks like at Betzel Wealth Advisors, how you're able to help people avoid these common money mistakes, and what makes your practice unique.
1: Well, I'm really focused on education, and so the average um, approach that I would take with somebody, we'd have an initial meeting, we, we'd consult with each other, you'd share with me a little bit about your you know, your hopes and your dreams and your financial goals. I would share with you our firm's philosophy, and if at the end of the meeting it's a good fit, we'll schedule a second meeting. In the second meeting, um, we're going to create the financial plan together that meets your and your family's unique, uh, specific financial and non-financial goals and then the third meeting, we would actually get together and implement that. So it's it's an education process. I'm going to educate you about what I say is prudent, evidence-based investing. And you're going to educate me about you, your family, and what your goals are. And together, we create a plan that will move you along the steps toward financial peace of mind.
0: And if you want to find out more information about Dan and the team, you can do that by going to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Again, that's Betzel Wealth advisors. Serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office near Gahanna, right there near the airport. 614-472-4510 is the number to call to reach Dan. 614-472-4510. Or again, BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, always a pleasure having you here on the podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll look forward to another good one next time around. Thank you, Alton. And uh, speaking of next time around, the next podcast, we're going to focus on what it looks like to earn financial independence. And even more specifically, from what are you seeking independence? Are you seeking it from the government or from your family, maybe creditors, an employer, the stock market, things like that? Why do we all want some element of independence in retirement and how can you achieve that goal? That'll be the subject of our next podcast. Be sure to join us then for the next Plan with Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment
1: advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.